What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work. In traffic so slow, connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to What's Burning. I'm Rachel Nichols here with Mr. Steven Jackson. That would be NBA champion extraordinaire. Steck, you're making waves on Instagram. You're doing everything this week. You put out... You said LeBron wasn't a top five player currently on the I Am Athlete podcast. You posted an IG post. You said that, what, uh, Jordan's your number one all time. Kobe's number two. LeBron's number three. Yeah. What, what's going on? Yeah, he's, he's definitely my third. And I'm I'm not speaking from, I have to tell people this, I'm not speaking from a fan's perspective. I'm thinking from a player's perspective. You know, I've, I've, I've been around players and I've been around those locker rooms and those games. And I played against most of those guys. And uh, I've seen different things from actually being out there on the court. So there's no disrespect. But I think if being in the top three all time, I think that's still saying a lot about somebody. Yeah, absolutely. And he's not done yet, too. So we got to wait to see what happens there. Right. I want to talk more about current stuff, though. Uh, trade deadline, friends, Thursday, February 9th, a little more than a week away. 
it feels like it's one of the more open years in recent history in terms of especially the West, like anyone could win, anyone could lose. There's this whole clot of teams that are sort of separated by only five games between third and 13th place. So it's kind of hard to tell which teams are going to go in which direction, which means I want to play a little game with you, my friend. Mm-hmm. It is called Blow It Up. Or stay the course. Should these teams sell at the deadline or keep their core pieces? And we're going to go through a few teams. I got to start with Phoenix because this is a team that was in the Western Conference Finals just two years ago. They dropped down to a second round exit last year. This year, stack their number nine in the West, one game under 500. And look, they're one of the oldest teams in the NBA. Chris Paul, 37, not playing to his usual standards. There's the whole... DeAndre Ayton, Quagmire. They've got Jay Crowder as an asset. He hasn't played all season because he wants that chunky contract. The Suns didn't want to give him. And in the middle of it all, you know who's there. Devin Booker, 26 years old, looking at a team that is 8-14 and 14 when he doesn't play. So, Stack, what should Phoenix do? They definitely need to blow it up, Rachel. It ain't no secret. Um, you know, they, you know, all the stuff that went on with the owner, you know, that, that has put a cloud over their team. They need to kind of start from scratch. Uh, CP... It's basically, you know, got them to the finals, but everything has been kind of downhill since then. You know, a lot's been going on with that team with Aiden. It's just so much, you know. I think I think they need to blow it up. I think uh, they're going to have to make a decision who they can keep. But in order for them to get back to where they were, Rachel, they definitely going to have to break it up. That feels extreme. Blow it up. I mean, they've still got a decent core. What about just adding someone? What about just, like, tinkering and adding someone big? Yeah, I just don't think there's nobody out there. All all of all the key players are big guys that was that can you know, they call players that's one player away. All those guys mm-hmm. are locked into contracts. Most of those guys are locked into contracts so and are happy where they're at. So um right. you know what I mean? I just I just don't see that that working. Their core is good, right? Their their core is pretty decent. You know, but I just I think mean, with the, the star problems is where is, is where they need to have make some uh some uh, changes. Look, Chris Paul clearly I mean he's thirty seven. He can't be what he was five years ago, maybe even two years ago. Mm-hmm. I still want him for playoff experience on this team in key moments. And I, I just, we'll talk about OG Ananobi in a few minutes because we got to have a whole Toronto discussion as well. I think he could make a big difference there. I feel like if they're willing, they've got a new owner, if they're willing to spend, spend some money, spend some draft picks, they could tweak enough to really make a run, but they'd have to, it's like a half blow up. I'm with you. I'm like mm-hmm. a half blow up. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think Aiton is not a lock to stay there. Um, I'm not saying he's available right now, but I, I do think that, you know, Booker is a non-starter. I don't know if Aiden's a non-starter. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Let's talk about Portland. Started the season nine and three. Good, good start, but it's gone way downhill. Blazers sitting at number 12, three games under 500. And Stack, this is a team that did not think they would be here. They spent a lot of money this summer. They signed Damian Lillard to that extension that will make him one of the most well-paid players in NBA history. They brought in Jeremy Grant. They have Josh Hart. They have Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp. Those are their two young pieces. We know what a good coach Chauncey Billups is. So it's clearly not enough with all those pieces. And when it's a rough season in Portland, you know the question it always comes back to is there a point the Blazers need to trade Dame and his salary and start from scratch? What do you think? Uh, I just think the way the way they got their money set up, Rach, it ain't just Dame. They got a lot of money tied up in a lot of guys over there that can be key trade pieces. You know, and, and they got some guys over there, Rachel, that can go to other teams and be that one mm-hmm. guy. You know, so uh, Portland has – I think Portland out of any team 
has a lot of pieces to make big trades and to make a better team for Damon Chauncey, but they just haven't done it. Over the years, they, they brought certain guys in that they thought was going to make uh, make a change for this team, and they just haven't done it. And uh, I think just losing CJ was a, was a, was a big loss for them. CJ's my guy. Uh, what the 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 um, combination of him and Dane was just special to see every night. But they just they couldn't get it done either. So they're gonna have to uh, find a way to get Dame another big name player in there, Rachel, for some help because he's been doing this for so long. I don't think Dame is gonna leave. I don't think they want Dame to leave. I think it's gonna have to be all those other pieces and put that money together. Yeah, that's a great point because they're kind of in this catch twenty two, right? Dame can't really go to them and publicly ask for a trade after all he has said and done and genuinely feels about his loyalty to the city. They can't trade him away as a franchise. They can't do that to the fans and just be like, yeah, we're getting rid of Dame Lillard. I mean, that's that's a tough position, too, without him saying he wants to go. They had an interesting situation with Jeremy Grant, Stack, because Dame wanted him. They were tight from the Olympic team. He asked Portland to go out and get Jeremy. They did. Um, but he's got an expiring contract. So they did offer to extend him. Jeremy Grant reportedly rejected the extension. It could just be because he can get a lot more money in the summer, or it could be because he is going to look around in the summer. If you're Portland, do you take that risk and keep him on? Or is that one of the pieces that when you say, hey, they got to make big changes around Dame, that you say, great, if you're not, if we might lose you for nothing this summer, we got to get rid of you. Well, that name is different, Rach. That's one of those guys I keep. Uh, the energy he brings and the way he's been mm -hmm. playing the last couple of years, I think he could be one of those guys that really can help any team. He's one of those guys that's that one player away guy. I don't, I don't think right. he's the, I don't think he's the guy that needs to leave, Rich. I think it could be other guys on that team. And Dame, we got him for a reason because you know a lot of yeah. guys like like his energy and his effort, and he brings it every night. Yeah, no, he's he's a player's player. There's no question about it. I want to go over the East because we got Chicago sitting at number ten. There's no timetable for when Lonzo Ball is going to come back. Zach Levine, we know, is locked up for 40-plus mil per year until 2027. But DeRozan's going to enter free agency, not after this season, but the next one. And Vucevic is a free agent after this season. I, I got to say, like, I know the big swing they took with those three guys is their core, but their ceiling is not a championship ceiling. It is clearly lower. And mm -hmm. you've got Alex Caruso, who everyone in the league seems to want. What would you do if you're that front office deck? Well, they got they got a uh, lot of money tied up in the big man. So you know, once once he becomes a free agent, they can they can get two big pieces. Hopefully, I'll put a little package together to get two guys in that can come in and get a banger probably, and another and another big man that can score to kind of to have two guys equal him. But um, that team is just not put together to be a championship team, like you said, right? When you look at it, yeah, they got they got they got a lot of guys that. We like as, as as basketball fans and watching the game, but just the combination of Lonzo being hurt, uh, DeRozan, you know, having his nights, Zach Levine being in and out, you know, uh, Caruso being fan favorite, and he's not even the star of the team. It's like it's a lot of things that's going on over there that that, that don't equal winning, and uh, that's why you see that the things going on the way they are. I mean, if you're a Laker fan watching Alex Caruso. And also hearing that the front office could get, I mean, there are reports out there. The Bulls are asking for as much as two first round picks for him. And the Lakers could have still had that. That's painful enough. But there's talk about the Lakers wanting Vucevic. What do you think of that? Would you like to see him there? I mean, I, I like that. I mean, the combination of him and Anthony Davis, that's going to take a lot of mm -hmm. pressure off Anthony Davis, I tell you that, uh, when he comes back. Um, um, I like it, right? I think that would be a good move for them. Anything going, anything for them will be a help to try to change things there because, you know, they still have time. Yeah. No, I mean, 
I, I just certainly think with Vucevic being expiring, you got to just cut bait at this point with this mm-hmm. idea that those three are going to get it done for you, but we'll see what the Bulls want to do. Let's talk about Toronto, too. We mentioned OG Ananobi earlier. Raptors 12 in the East. Uh, they got Scotty Barnes, who's 21 years old. He's setting a lot of their future timeline. Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr., they could walk for nothing this summer. They've got player options, so they're ripe for a trade if the Raptors want to go that blow-it-up direction. And again, OG Ananobi, he is supposedly the hottest guy on the market, Stack, according to you know front office sources and all that stuff. He is the guy that everyone says, that's your one piece away. So he is going to command insane price on the trade market if the Raptors go that direction. So should the Raptors go that direction? Should they just kind of blow it up right now? I mean, me personally, I'm I'm not I wouldn't agree with OG uh I can't say his last name. Oh, I can't I don't agree you with OG, OG being that what yeah, OG. I I can't agree with that. I don't think he's that 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 guy to me. Um yeah, he's a young talent. He plays hard, but he has a lot of holes in his game to me. He's not that efficient offensively. He makes a lot of uh aggressive um uh, hustle plays, but uh just a guy you can just give the ball to and go get you 30. He's not that guy. So um, I like him, but I just think it's so much thing, it's so much stuff that's wrong with that team as far as the personnel. Um, Rach, um, they don't. I don't think it's just built. It's built to 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 compete like they've been in the past. You know, just having that the the right size three guard. You know, sometimes in the, they they're one, two, and three. They have in the, in the game sometimes like they're they're real small. You know, what I'm saying they, yeah. they 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 they're not the size of, of of a team that we're looking at that's going to be in the playoffs, but. Um, a lot of things need to change. I, st- I like the coach. I think the coach is solid. Um, yeah. And I think Van Vliet's time in Toronto may be up because, um, you know, he's had a success there. And it happens to everybody. It's not that he's not playing well or, or deserves to be yeah. there. But, you know what I'm saying, everybody runs, runs their course sometimes in places. Well, we saw the Raptors when it was Kyle Lowry. Mm-hmm. Everyone thought they would deal Kyle Lowry because his contract was going to be up that summer. And the Raptors just said, out of respect for him, they didn't feel like they found a good enough deal. So they kept him. And then, of course, they did lose him. They're kind of in the same situation with Fred Van Vliet. I mean, I know he's got a player option, but still, they're basically looking at him, possibly losing him for nothing this summer. I got to think that they will make a different decision this time. I mean, Fred Van Vliet, while he's done great things for that franchise, does not have the Kyle Lowry status in Toronto in terms of that respect factor. And I don't know, the Clippers, I think, are huge contenders to get him because the idea of finally giving them a real starting point guard and pairing him with Kawhi Leonard again is very appealing in L.A. So I can see that trade happening. And we'll see with OG and Anobi. I know Dallas is, you know, interested in what happens there. I th- there's a couple. There's a couple teams that think if they put him next to their superstar, Dallas be better not do that to Luca, Rach. Don't do that to Luca. <laughs> don't do that to Luca, <laughs> Dallas. Come on, no, Dallas. No on that. Nah, don't do that. <laughs> well, we will see. It's going to be an interesting week, Zach. And we'll be back next week, just a couple days before the deadline. So we will talk more about this. But I got to talk a little bit about the games. I know you saw that Lakers-Celtics game over the weekend. How the refs missed that foul on LeBron. Would have sent the line for the win. We all know that was a fuck up, but I want to ask you about the aftermath, right? The Lakers are pointing to four games now where they say they should have won but didn't due to officiating mistakes. That obviously would shift them a lot in the standings. LeBron has been tweeting for days now. He doesn't understand why he's targeted. And the Twitter account for the NBA Refs Union published this. They're saying the missed call was, quote, gut-wrenching for us. They said, quote, this play will weigh heavily and cause sleepless nights as we strive to be the best. Wow. 
What do you Ooh, got? Boy, it feels good to be LeBron, I bet, man. Rach, <laughs> Rach. Hey, Rach, I got to say, Rach, if we had social media when we played, nobody's been fouled in the history of the NBA to me than Ron Artest. Nobody. <laughs> because he was bigger than everybody that guarded him every night, Rach. Nobody got yeah. fouled. And he would have been, if, 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 if he could have done that, or, or I would have put a picture of a referee and him getting fouled, he would have got fined so crazy. This is just unbelievable because it happens, Rach. It happens all the time. It, it, it's happened to me. It's happened to a lot of players. I, I, I mean, a lot of stars, especially guys that have the ball at the end of games. It happens. But the fact that you're, he's able to single it out on IG and, and, and to keep talking about it and, and everybody just keep posting it, keep posting it, Pat Beverly got fined. I don't know if Braun going to get fined. That's what I say. It feels good to be Braun to be able to talk about the refs like that. <laughs> I do not think LeBron is going to get fined. And I mean, it's funny, right? I mean, Shaq used to always say the same thing as LeBron, right? I don't get the calls. And and, and they're both right. I mean, they, they don't get every foul called on them. Do you think they should? Or do you think the way players have to defend them, it, it just is what it is? What do you take? Because you played against both those guys. Man, I'm going to just say this. Giannis gets fouled so many times and so many fouls. It, it just happens, right? You know, and, then, you know, the referee's been bad. There's nothing new. They're always bad, you know, because, and I say this, Rach, because you have a lot of guys out there that never actually played the game of basketball, right? They, they, they know how to officiate the game. So it's some plays that the way you move your body, the way you fall, some of those plays are not going to be fouled. But, but some blatant, like just blatant fouls, if you know the game and watch the game and been playing the game, you won't miss those, and 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 and, and that's why it, it happened. It's been happening, race, but you know, if you LeBron and it was a big game, you know, to to be able to to point it out and put it all on IG, everybody's going crazy. But the referees always do stuff like that, race. It's nothing new. Well, Darvin Ham said he thinks there should be a fourth referee on the floor to catch more stuff like that. Do you agree, or is that too clotted up? I mean, that that could be an answer, but that also could clog up the court too. So, you know, yeah. having another ref out there, I mean, that's that, that's a lot. Sometimes you see guys running into referees as is with three of them out there. So, yeah. so <laughs> I, I don't know how that'll work, Rage, but uh, that'll be a good idea just to see if it'll work. Well, they experimented with it in Summer League a few years ago, and then they didn't do it. So I got to think they it didn't quite take. But we'll see. I don't know. Every time something like this happens, everything gets put under the microscope again. We will find out. We got to talk All-Star 2 stack because they announced their starters last week. There are a few selections that caught people's eyes. Zion Williamson in there despite only playing 29 games this season. You got KD as a starter over Joel Embiid, even though Durant has obviously been hurt. May not even make it back for the All-Star game. Where are you in terms of voting? Number of games a guy has played. How much does that factor in for you if you were picking the All-Star selections? Well, I mean, it matters a lot. I mean, KD's played the bulk of the season. You know, he just mm -hmm. went down recently, you know, and he's been carrying his team, one of the best players in the league, of course, uh, at, at, at the top of the talk. So, and, and I'm happy for Zion Rates. I'm really happy for him. But, you know, playing 29 out of 51 games is not a lot. You know, his it, it, team, the team has been playing well, too. But, you know, they, you got to some kind of way uh, figure out this voting. You know, there's so many guys that, that dedicate themselves to playing every game. And, you know, you, you know, I'm not – I can't hold it against them because of injury. You know, that's unfortunate sometimes. But there's so many guys that actually play almost every game that's out there helping their team and, you know, and have their team uh, at the top of their conferences, Rachel, that deserve to be in that spot. Um, so, you know, they, they, they got to really look at that, man. I mean, I'm happy for them, but I think, you know, you got to play at least – 
35, 40 games, you know, the, the beginning of the season to make it up to be all-star. It's tough. I mean, I always feel like when you're voting for all NBA, when I have voted for that, I have really taken into account how much did you play, how available you were, because all NBA is about what kind of season did you have this season? I will admit I am always a little looser with my all-star votes because I do think when people say, oh, it's not supposed to be a popularity contest, it is literally a popularity contest. Like, that is what it is. People vote for who their most popular favorite per player is. It is the all-star game. There, to me, has to be a little more room in this, when you're voting for this, for just who are the biggest stars? Who do people want to see? Who's electric out there? I, I do look at those votes differently. It is tough when you've got guys who've played, you know, less than, or, you know, right around half the games and other guys who played all the games and have put up really good numbers too. But I do get why not only did the media and the fans vote for Zion, um, the the fellow players actually yeah. put him, I think, in, in third spot. They, they really voted high for him. And that to me is also interesting too. They published the NBA, who the players voted for. The players account for 25% of the votes. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of see who they respect and who they don't. Nikola Jokic, for example, got more votes from the players than LeBron for the West front court spots. So that hasn't happened before. That kind of speaks to this like growing, you know, mm -hmm. respect among the players for Jokic and just people being like, he's crazy. He's crazy good. Um, yeah. And then it went the other way with Trey Young's deck. Listen to this. The other players ranked Trey Young as the 12th best guard in the East. They put LaMelo Ball, Tyrese Halliburton, a bunch of other guys ahead of him. Trey's averaging 28 a game. What do you make from the fact that they other players put him as the 12th best guard in the East? Yeah, they got to get out their feelings, Rach. They got to get out their feelings. There's no way he's the 12th best point guard in the East. There's no way. Um, you know, you know, he's one of those guys that, you know, he want to compete every night. He don't care who you is. He's going to talk his noise, you know, and, and, he, and he has a certain swagger about himself. He's a small guy. Uh, some of the way he, some of the uh, shots he takes and how he finishes in the paint is, is is amazing to be his size. So he has a chip on the shoulder, Rach, and I don't blame him. But um, you know that, that 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 says a lot too, though, Rach. Even though he's twelve, that says a lot too. Mm -hmm. That says a lot too. That says a lot of that says that's that's that's, that's, that's respect in a different way. In what way? What do you mean? Well, y'all put me on y'all put me at the bottom because y'all probably hating on me because we are because <laughs> I talk so much I talk so much trash and I'm cocky. But I'm averaging two and eight, and I I, I guarantee you every time we step on that court, I, I everything that you say I don't do, I do, and I put my, I put points on you. I get two and eight points on everybody out here, so you might not like it, but you gotta respect it. What's up? I'm John Wall, and I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one -on -one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he didn't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase. 
while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the One Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Who was that guy when you were playing who, like, just players around the league did not like, even though they had to respect his game? Ron Artest. I'm I'm, I'm, yes. I'm going to stick with him. They, yeah, they, I always they, felt... I always felt like Ron was good with other players, though. Did other players not respect Ron? I always no, felt like people no, were down with him. They, 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 res- they respected him, Rach. They respected him. But on the court... He didn't respect nobody, right? You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. it was the, 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 the way he the way he played looked so disrespectful, Rach. It's it, it just no. I've never seen nobody play basketball like that in my life. <laughs> I, I just think it's very interesting to see who they like, who they don't, and also, by the way, the players not taking this that seriously. Chet Holmgren got four votes from the players. He has yet to play a single game. I, I don't know. I mean, that's there's a lot crazy. Of talk about should, 
should the players have more more of a percentage of the votes? But come on, guys. A lot, emo- lot of emotional guys, Race. They don't need to have votes. <laughs> On the radar, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's talk about the Pacific Division. Interesting right now, Stack. The Kings, the Warriors, the Clippers, the Suns, Lakers, all within five games of each other. So you can look here at the odds. But if you just look at those five teams, mm-hmm. who do you think finishes with the best record out of this pack? Uh, I will have to go the Warriors. I just think as, as, yeah. as they, uh, yeah, I just feel like as they get get healthy uh, with the experience they have, you know what I mean? I, I think they can find a way to ramp it up and go on the run by the end of the season. They better fix that road record. Of course, that's that's the main problem. But, you know, in order to be a championship team, you know, you have to win on the road. And, and they've been able to mm-hmm. figure it out some years. But I think right now they just need to worry about finishing the season on a good note. And I think, you know, everything else will click like it has in the past. They also have, you know, that like 16 game player kind of thing. Those guys have been doing this for so long. They know when to turn it up. So I'm not I'm not worried about them in the playoffs. I wonder how they're going to finish the regular season. I do think you got to watch out for the Clippers because I do think they're going to make a move at the deadline. So that could impact how they finish. But we shall see. We'll find out. Legendary moments presented by Top Shot and Stack. Of course, we're talking legendary moments with you. We got to talk about We Believe Warriors. So many memorable moments from that team. What do you choose on the court? Most memorable We Believe Warriors moment. Well, I, I got two quick ones, Rachel. I was able to hit seven threes in that deciding game. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that that was the most I was able to hit. And uh, it was special for me that game because uh, Baron Davis came to me before that game and told me he wasn't feeling well. And, um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, his knees wasn't bothering me. He told me he really needed me. And after the game, he gave me a compliment on TV. I didn't, I didn't see it till probably like eight years later uh, huh. on, the, on, on YouTube or something. But they interviewed him after the game on TNT, and they asked him um, about my play. And he was like, a lot of people say a lot of things about Steven Jackson, but they never mentioned how great a basketball player he is. And, and I, I hold that to my heart. So that's two of the greatest moments I, I remember from that time. Anyone who doesn't mention what a good basketball player you are, friend, is is missing the boat. Before I let you go, Stack, we got to talk NFL. Um, that was rough for the 49ers this weekend. I'm not going to lie. And that was also uh, quite crazy for the Chiefs at the end. What, what did you think of the games this weekend? You know, uh, it's, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate for the Bengals. Um, there was a great game. I hated to see it end like that over a penalty. Uh, big old clumsy guy running too hard. Uh, you can't make that type of mistake in the game. I, I would love to see that game going overtime and see both teams have the ball and uh, get, mm-hmm. leave it into the quarterback's hands and not in the referee's hands. But uh, congratulations to the Chiefs, man. They 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 were I think it's three times in the last four years they've been in the Super Bowl, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And uh, the Eagles, you know, um, it's good to see two black quarterbacks in the game. I'm not an Eagles fan. I'm a Cowboy fan, so I'm I'm not saying anything good about the Eagles. But I will say that I'm happy that it's two black quarterbacks able to headline a Super Bowl. It's beautiful. It was nice you saw Joel Embiid and James Harden at the game supporting. I love it. I always love it when like players from one team in a city come out for the players in the other team. So that made me happy. Let's go Chiefs. Uh, we were, Let's go Chiefs. I was going to ask you who you got in the Super Bowl though. You got the oh. Chiefs just because you don't want to see another NFC East team win or what? Well, um, Kelsey's a friend of the show, so uh, I'm, I'm going for the Chiefs. I'm, ne- I'm never uh, going for the Eagles. Um, me and Gilly the Kid and Wallow from a million dollars worth of game. We've been arguing all the time about this, but I'm never saying anything good about the Eagles, ever. I feel like uh, I, I know a lot of Giants fans, and when the uh, Eagles and Patriots played in the Super Bowl, they didn't. They were very conflicted on who to root against. And the consensus <laughs> was just that they'd like an earthquake or something to happen so no one could win the game. That was the best outcome. So 
Facts. Y'all in the NFC East are you very? It's very it's very visceral for you. Yeah, it's personal. <laughs> Stack, we're going to catch you on All the Smoke later this week with Charles Barkley. I'm so excited for that. Thank you for today. Everything's awesome. I can't wait to see that either, Rach. Uh, Charles, was, was he did his thing, man. Uh, I didn't know how that interview was going to go because, you know, I've said some things about Chuck and, you know, in the media huh. and all that. But uh, he came in as a big brother. He came in as, as somebody who's been doing this for uh, for forever and the season and he came in um showing us the same respect that we gave him so it was beautiful well look chuck has said things about guys out there too so he knows, <laughs> he knows you got it well no but he knows you got to be honest right i mean you can't pull punches the really good people in this game cannot pull punches that's why people love listening to y'all that's why people love listening to him so i love hearing that you guys are all together in one place and i can't wait to hear it that's gonna be really good now we've got a special interview with Jocelyn Rose Lyons. She is the award-winning director of Stand, coming out this Friday on Showtime. Here's a quick look at the trailer. One of the greatest players in history was cheated out of his career. I noticed Bakhmut was not standing for the national anthem. Am I saying that everything in America is bad? No. But wherever the bad is, as a Muslim, we don't stand for it. Mahmoud never said, I'm going to burn the house down, but the Klan burned his house down. His willingness to take a stand. We should be celebrated for that. All right, you guys just saw the trailer for Stand, the story of Mahmoud Abdul Rauf, and this premieres on Friday on Showtime. We are very lucky to have the director of the film, Jocelyn Rose Lyons, with us today. Welcome. Thank you, Rachel. So great to be here. Thank you for having me. I don't think everyone knows what Stand is the story of. So you can you just tell the audience what they can expect and what sort of the log line for this film is? Yes, Stand is a story of, well, I use basketball as the vehicle to tell Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf's story, which is a very dynamic, layered story. There are uh, mental health issues, activism. Uh, it's, it's a very layered story about his journey to find his paternal family, um, his kind of inner journey with uh, Tourette syndrome, and of course, his journey with the NBA and the media bias he experienced with his protest in 1996. Some people don't even know what he did or what he was protesting or who he is. So can you explain for people who may not have known that pocket of history, what his story with the NBA is? Yes. I mean, part of it's a great question, Rachel, because part of why so many people don't know about Mahmoud abdul Rauf's story 27, almost 30 years later, is because social media didn't exist when he took a stand. And when he made prayer during the national anthem in 1996, he had just converted to Islam and he made a prayer, um, Salat, uh, and or his dua, he made dua, made prayer, mm -hmm. the Islamic prayer, and uh, he was really silenced. So he only had one outlet, which was through the media and the televisions. Um, there was no social media for him to explain what was behind that stand and that protest. Well, look, I think a lot of people watching this may hear that and they go, oh, OK, well, that's a sports documentary. I did love the fact that you just said it was a way to vehicle to tell the story. This is a very emotion packed roller coaster ride of a story. I don't think you have to be a sports fan to watch this. I mean, it's great if you are, but but I wouldn't think that you'd have to be, right? 
I completely agree. I think sports, just like any vehicle, you know, I, I look at things through the lens of light. Like I think humans, we, we radiate light. And when we look at people who are stars, we say, well, wow, they're a star really because they're generating light. They're, they're exuding light. We're very drawn mm -hmm. to the light. I think Mahmoud abdul Rauf has a light about him and his story is a light and the container for his story or the vehicle is basketball. That's how we see his light shine through because he has a gift. But there was so many other layers to his story that Sand is able to tell. And I'm really honored that I was able to help guide that story in through through this movie. It's interesting what you say about the social media, because there's so much talk about how Mahmoud was Colin Kaepernick before Colin Kaepernick, but it's not that simple, right? I mean, I saw a quote from Dr. Harry Edwards, the renowned civil rights expert. He noted that Cap had the power of, as you say, social media. He had the force of the Black Lives Matter movement behind him. That even going further back, Muhammad Ali and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had the framework of the Black Power movement behind them. But his point was, Mahmoud, there was no greater movement behind him. And the quote was that he was an ocean alone with no paddle. How do you think that affected Mahmoud's journey and his story? Well, Mahmoud is, he's just a really strong person. And mm -hmm. it's amazing what he went through. The fires that Mahmoud walked through, to me, make him an alchemist. And mm -hmm. he was able to walk through literal fires. Like the KKK say, literal burned, fires. Literal fires. Like they burned his home to the ground. And those fires, both inner and external, did not break him. They made him. They rebirthed him like a phoenix. It's like he really rose from the ashes and became the Mahmoud Abdul Rauf that he was meant to. And I think, you know, he is a testament to we can always be reborn to ourselves and we can overcome obstacles because he sure faced a lot. And it's really amazing to me, too, because I think going back to the Kaepernick before Kaepernick, yes, Mahmoud really took a stand in a time when, like David Aldridge said in the film, when we interviewed him, I was just so captivated by the way in which he framed it. It's, you know, he was on an island alone, like you said, Rachel, like an ocean with no paddle. I mean, he was out there alone. And he didn't have a strategy behind the, the protest. He didn't have a campaign. He didn't have a team. He didn't have social media as an outlet to say what's next or what are we going to do with this? So it was, it was probably a time for him that was very introspective. And based on the research I did and the amazing team I got to work with of producers uh, and writers, we, we really got to see his journey was very painful and very difficult at that time. He ended up uh, losing everything. And as you'll see in the yeah. film, um, including his his wife, uh, just his mental health was definitely affected. Everything was 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 affected by that. And one of the really striking things in the documentary was to see how little support other players gave him at the time. You had guys like Hakeem Olajuwon saying, hey, I'm a Muslim. I don't agree with his reasoning. I don't agree with what he's doing. What do you think was so complicated for other players, not not just then, but frankly now when it comes to these situations and, and when they're asked to put sort of their credibility on the line and, and they got to weigh a bunch of different stuff, right? Absolutely. I think Shaq uh, has a soundbite in the film that really actually kind of encapsulates how players may see that. To your point, I think a lot of times we look at things through the lens of the government or the corporations or the larger entity that's kind of paying us or controlling the space that we're working in. And I think it's very complicated for players to take a stand um, because, of course, it, it can jeopardize your standing with your job um, and your image. And we all know how quickly the media can label uh, people as the villain. 
or can yep. villainize someone who's not just because we, we need heroes. And in order yep. to have heroes, we have to have villains. So I think it was complicated. Um, I do, however, see certain players in his life, like Jalen Rose, who was there with mm-hmm. him at the time. Um, they, they did they did cover him and they did support him and he did have the support. If you, if you look at the film from that lens, there was support, but it certainly wasn't the support that I think they would have given him now. And uh, certainly not the support that the movement behind someone like Kaepernick had. Well, look, I mean, it's an interesting thing as we talk about, you know, player autonomy, which is, of course, a huge subject in the NBA. When guys are getting more money, A, in salary, getting paid, and B, in terms of sponsorship, it gives them more freedom to say, this is what I believe. These are the social movements that I want to be supportive of. Because if you decide you don't like it and you don't want to pay me anymore, that doesn't matter. I'm fine. Whereas back in the days that you guys are covering in this documentary, that wasn't the case. Right. Well, it's interesting, too, because you bring up sponsors. And I mean, that's the thing is we never know what the stance of a sponsor will be when we make our own voice heard. And if it's not in alignment with their values or their brand, what that's going right. to do to our relationship with them. Mahmoud, his his uh, strength and courage really inspires me because he did not care what he lost. Because to mm-hmm. him, what I learned about him in directing the film is that his freedom and his peace is, is being able to say and do what he feels is right, no matter what. Yep. And so if it means losing his job or losing his image in a certain way to, to him, that's not the value. That's not success. That's not his piece. So I, I really, um, it's a lot of courage and fearlessness that he had to take on that kind of approach with such huge entities. And you do a great job in the film of sort of showing how like with life, it all comes back around that, that certain people later on, after he did lose everything, the years went by and people started to come back around to his message, wanted him leading their basketball camps, wanted him for speaking engagements. So uh, he did uh, the story you follow with his family. He was able to find some of his family. So it's a really, as I said, it's very emotional. It's really deep tale of sort of all of these complicated issues. And I just, I don't know, I wanted to kind of turn the camera back around on you in that we know pro sports is a male dominated industry. What was it like for you as a young female director to be the one to tell this story? It's a great question. It was difficult in some ways. I had an amazing team, some of which are women producers. So I was lucky to have um, a mixed group, both women and men on my side. Um, Being in this space for a long time now, I've been very accustomed to being one of the only women directors. um, And I'm definitely a minority. I feel like when we walk in, in the room, so to speak, we are at a disadvantage already because people see us as a woman first and a filmmaker second. Mm-hmm. One thing I really um, feel very grateful for actually was my first conversation with Steven Espinoza from Showtime Sports, the president of Showtime Sports. We had an incredibly in-depth conversation about my creative approach for the film. And we were on the same page. We spoke the same language. I shared with him that I wanted to tell Mahmoud abdul story through kind of the lens of shadow boxing, that his journey was a very inner journey, facing his shadows to find his light. We talked about him being a fighter and we talked about it being more than basketball, that basketball was the vehicle. And I remember Espinoza saying that this is a story of so many other things, mental yeah. health, activism. Um, but I think for me, I, I tend to 
I, I tend to trust what comes my way. If it's a yes, if it's for me, it'll find me. And I felt this film was for me to tell. Um, I think that I've been prepared for this journey. I converted to Islam in 2003. So I had a very personal relationship to converting to a religion myself. Mm -hmm. And I didn't grow up with that religion at all. Um, so similarly to Mahmoud, I was able to relate to that part of his journey from the spiritual lens. And just just seeing kind of this space, uh, we've grown a lot. There's a lot of initiatives for women in film now, yeah. where diversity and inclusion, women in film behind and in front of the camera is actually a thing. Kind of like activism at the intersection of athletes is a thing. So yeah. these things weren't big back when Mahmoud took his stand. <laughs> now they're they're actually trendy. It's 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 acceptable. In fact, it's applauded. We want more women in film. We want to see people take a stand for what they believe in. So I feel super grateful to be able to direct a film like this at a time like now. I mean, look, obviously, when you say things that are meant to come your way do, this was obviously meant for you. This film, it's an incredible achievement. I found it, as I said, just riveting. I, I can't wait till everyone else there out there gets to see the job you did with it, gets to see the film. Thank you, Jocelyn, so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Rachel, for having me. It's an honor. So excited for everyone to see the film. And for all you guys out there, don't forget What's Burning, available every week on Showtime Basketball YouTube, also on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all the things. Show basketball. We'll see you next week. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. 
That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.